What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I've got special guest Corey Madrowski on the line today, and we're going to dive into the Go Ruck race competitions, which I honestly don't know much about, but he's going to enlighten me. Without further ado, how are you, Corey? I'm doing awesome, Robert. How are you, man? Man, I'm great. I'm great. Never better. Um, so, yeah, give the audience a little background on you, how long you've been doing keto, and just kind of what got you into this space in the first place. Um, it, it's, it's a little muddy when exactly I started keto, because um, I first learned about it from Tim Ferriss's uh, four-hour body book, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, that was back in April last year is when I kind of started to go keto, and I did a GORUCK event, and then like I got done with it. And immediately I'm like, I need pancakes. And then I just wrecked everything that I I had done. So um, I kind of went away from it for a while. And then um, back in June last year, I started going at Hardcore. I discovered your podcast. I uh, discovered uh, Brian Williamson and Danny Vega's uh, stuff and and, uh, started gleaning some real good uh, tips and and, uh, advice on how to keep me in keto. So, um, I started refining what I was eating and, and my methods and tracking better and getting an idea of what macros I should be hitting. Uh, and so I've been going strong since, uh, I would say June 26, I want to say is when I started going serious and I've only broken keto about three times since then. Very nice, man. Very nice. The, yeah. uh, I, I read the four hour, uh, body and he he advocates like the slow carb i think if i remember correctly yeah he he i mean his method seems more like the cyclical keto mm-hmm. which um i it, it takes me too long to get in the zone so i don't want to mess that up mm-hmm. so i i try not to do any cheat days or nothing like that yeah i i agree man i think if you just buckle down and kind of you know put your head down and get to work and stay keto for for a while strict keto then you just lose all the desire to break that cycle in the first place Right, right, yeah, and I mean, and it's been awesome. I mean, I, the the typical you know trend with everybody is they start keto and then they they get that fast weight loss real quick. And, you know, that ten pounds of water weight just flies right off you, and then you kind of slow down. But I mean, you look at my graph. There's a, a pretty good slope to what I've been doing over these past few months. I'm I'm basically down about seventy, eighty pounds now. Just in the since, since July. Yeah, yeah, since since the end of June uh, to currently, it's uh, I, it says seventy one on my fitness pal, but I'm too scared to weigh myself before I started keto. So I was like two ninety, two ninety one, somewhere in there. And just today, I was I was pushing two seventeen. That's crazy, man. That's awesome, though. Congrats. Oh, thank you, thank you. Have, have you uh, like done like body scan analysis and whatnot to see if you built muscle during that time too? Um, I took in, I did, uh, my first DEXA scan, um, in December, uh, of last year. And I was reading about 31% during that. Mm-hmm. And then just last month I went in for a second one and I was, uh, down to 25% and I had put on five pounds of muscle. See, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. Cause like, I don't know, like a lot of people, the dogma is you can't build muscle on keto, first of all, and then you can't build muscle while restricting calories. 
and I don't know, like I, there's just so many, you know, instances of people like yourself, you know, perfect example, losing body fat and building muscle simultaneously and just feeling much better in the long run. Oh, I got to tell you, man, um, the place where I get my DEXA scan done is, um, I live in Toledo, Ohio, which is kind of like the corner of the state. And so I'm real close to Ypsilanti and Ann Arbor, which are up in Michigan. So I was going to Eastern Michigan University in order to get my DEXA scan done. And the first time I went in, the girl doing the scan, she goes, you know, on keto, it's really hard for people to build muscle. And so I had to laugh when I went back for that second scan and she was the tech running the the machine. And it's like, oh, look at that. Five pounds of lean mass added. Hmm. <laughs> did she say anything or did she forget? Uh, she probably forgot. She, she sees dozens of people a day. That, I mean, that, that DEXA scan is like the only one in the yeah. area that I'm aware of. No, that's that's awesome. Like, have you been able to tell the difference, like just looking in the mirror and just kind of seeing your own composition? Oh yeah, man. I, it's like a, I got that V shape going now. Um, I see definition. I like. I can't stop looking at my quads when I take a shower because it's, it's <laughs> you know it used to be so it was just an amorphous blob, and now I see all these ridges and and I can uh, name the muscles I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, I get a lot of crap, uh, like bodybuilders in general, that people just assume that they're really vain. You know, they, they just look and look at themselves in the mirror all the time, yada, yada, yada. But it's, it's pretty freaking cool to be able to have control over your own body and manipulate, you know, how, how lean you are, how much muscle you have, how you look. And then to be able to see these minute changes take place, you know, on a day-to-day basis, compounded over months and months, it's like, that's freaking cool. That's powerful, you know. I mean, most people don't know how to do that, so... You know, for you to be able to do that, that's it's it's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, for the the person on the outside looking in, it might look like vanity, but I'm I mean, you put a lot of work into this. You mm-hmm. you know, especially bodybuilders like you who, you know, really know how to manipulate the muscles and make them grow. Um, it, you know, you 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 want to appreciate all the hard work you did. And so yeah, you it's okay to look at yourself it's just just don't let it go to your head yeah i, I agree my my dad uh he, he rebuilds he's got like this old muscle car that he rebuilt um that he that was his first car when he was 16 it's a 68 camaro and he, he spent like he totally redid it from the ground up and it's just like a, a work of art now and every time he drives it you know people will be like turning their heads and looking at it drive by and he just like smile the whole time because you know he put all this work into something and people are appreciating what what's there and I don't think that's any different than, than somebody's physique. You know, like you put all this work into something, and it's not bad for people to acknowledge that, that you look great. You you know, you built this, and people respect the time and the effort you put into it. Like, there's nothing bad about that. Exactly. I can't agree more. So so tell me about uh, kind of like your, your sporting events, your activities. Like, what, what got you into the Go Ruck? What was the transition into that? Like, have you always done that? Um. Well, I mean, Go Ruck is... Um it's a relatively new company. Um, it's not really a sport. At least I can't define it as a sport yet. Um, I, it's more of almost a combination leadership training and endurance event rolled into one. Um, I, I'll take you on a little journey on my timeline. Um, back in 2013, uh, I was getting married and I had just started a new job. Uh, I'm a physical therapist assistant by trade. Uh, and the job I started was I was working as aquatic therapist at a outpatient clinic here in Toledo. 
Um, so basically I got to stand in a 94 degree pool all day with my shirt off, trying to teach people to do, um, exercises so I can get them to walk and get them to feel better, take away some pain. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you get real self-conscious, you know, I'm, I was at that time, I think I was about three 30. Um, and so I did that for a couple months, didn't lose a single pound. So then I started doing a little bit of uh, health coaching with a, a local gal. Um, she got me eating vegan, of all things. Like I, I, I've, It almost pains me to say it because I never thought in my wildest dreams made that dietary change I would ever do something like that. What was and, that experience like? like what, what, what changed? I mean, what, what were you eating pre- previously? Uh, okay. So, I mean, my, I was just the standard American diet before I made that change. So it was fast food every day, you know, wake up, drive to work and on the way hit McDonald's and grab, you know, three McGriddles and a diet pop and, and chow that down and then go to work and do five hours in the pool and then an hour of notes and then, uh, go to Chipotle and grab two burritos and house them like they're nothing. Uh, come back to work, see patients for another four hours on land and then do a, a mess of notes and then go home and eat whatever, uh, you know, was available at home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I was, I was a pretty hefty dude and, you know, you being in a, a swimming pool, shirt off, being the person that's trying to teach other people how to be healthy, how to feel pain-free, um, I think there's an expectation there where, you know, you should look a certain way. And a lot of people in my field will disagree with that. And, and to some extent, yes, you know, my body type doesn't define my professional knowledge. But at the same time, there is an expectation and um, that if you don't live up to that expectation, you're kind of letting your patients down in a way. Yeah, and not in a negative way. I mean, we're all good clinicians. We all care about what we do. But um, if you can align their expectation with the service they receive, um, I think you get a more positive outcome. I agree. So, from you know standard American diet and fast food to to vegan veganism, like what, what what were I don't even know what vegans eat, man. I never tried veganism. Like, what, what was a typical day of eating for you then? Um, back in the day, I used to say, oh yeah, I feel great. And, um, I think it was just me deluding myself. Um, she, it started out, um, almost paleo. It was like a gradual, um, change. So I was kind of doing paleo. I'd had, I'd done it before, uh, when I was going through school. And so we, we did paleo and then we kind of, um, switched it slowly into working the meat out of it and, before I knew it, I was making juice for breakfast and, and taking a, a juice for lunch and then eating a completely meat-free um, dinner of like spaghetti squash and, uh, uh, you know, like a marinara sauce and, and a bunch of veggies in there. And um, I remember just feeling cold all the time when I wasn't in the pool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Uh, Nowadays, uh, I've I've switched over to keto, and I just feel awesome all the time. Was there like a pretty significant shift in like just how you felt as soon as you switched over? Or, like, did that take time? Um. Well, I mean, 
I didn't switch over until last year. So I kind of, um, I kind of got away from the vegan once I, um, plateaued out at about 250. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm plateau plateaued. What do I do? Um, and then I, there was a CrossFit gym in town. So I was like, well, maybe I'll go build some muscle and that'll get things moving. Uh, so I did CrossFit for, um, three years here in town and I really liked it, but really didn't see any change in my body comp. I mean, m muscle mass went up, but I was still kind of soft. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my friends there, his name's Michael Yushik, uh, he told me about GORUCK and when I was in high school, I really wanted to be in the military. I thought that's where I was going to, going to, you know, spend the rest of my life. Um, in high school, I went to, um, military entrance processing station, or as they call it MEPS. Uh, and it's a really fun time if you ever talk to somebody who's been in the military or has gone through it, because there's a little thing called the underwear parade where they have you do all these movements and the, the doctors at the military are just assessing you to make sure you don't have any, um, injuries or anything prior to you entering so that, um, you don't work the system or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so did that, went through the whole process and then the guys at the map station go, you're too heavy. Um, so, uh, they didn't let me in the military cause it was too heavy. Um, and then just a few years ago I got diagnosed with narcolepsy, which is a, a, a sleep disorder that's characterized by excessive daytime sleepiness. So, there's no waiver in the Department of Defense for narcolepsy. If you have it, then you can't serve because they're too worried about you falling asleep at your post and, you know, potentially causing a bad situation for you or your unit. Mm -hmm. um, so he told me about GORUCK, and, and I was all about it. And he goes, you know, you, you put on this weighted backpack, you show up, they have this guy from the Special Forces come out. Uh, he tells you what to do, and then at the end, they give you a patch. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. I mean, the patch, I don't really care, but, you know, cool. Yeah, it's something to do on a weekend. So uh, I signed up for my, my first event was, uh, I got it here. I was uh, in Detroit, uh, Class 883 on uh july 25th of 15 it was a go ruck light and uh we had uh two cadre there um one was a marine corps weapon sergeant and i honestly can't remember what the other guy's job was but i believe he was a uh, a marine as well and it was about uh four or five hours of uh them putting us through the ringer it sounds uh, i mean you don't even know what what to expect right like the obstacles and everything might be totally different from time to time Oh, that's the thing. There, there are no obstacles. All of this is done. They, 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 the start point uh, is a public plaza, and you all gather at the plaza. They do a roll call and uh, you know a quick safety brief, and then they start having you do you know physical training with your your backpack on your ruck, and then it's marching you all over town, and then you'll do. PT here, or you'll um, you'll be carrying heavy objects, which we we did both. We carried heavy objects. We did PT. 
Uh, you got to see some of the sites of the town. Uh, I know recently, well, not recently, within the past few years, they uh, demolished the old Tiger Stadium. And so they still have the baseball diamond there, but none of the building is still there. So we got to ruck all the way from Hart Plaza, which is by the Detroit River, all the way to the old Tiger Stadium. And then we did some stuff at the old Tiger Stadium, which I thought was really cool. That's awesome, man. So, like, there, I mean, like I said, I don't know much about this, but I guess they're all over the, the country now. Is there just, like, an organization that manages all these? Is it all kind of done in-house, or is it all, like, independently contracted? Um. Well, basically, I, I'll tell you the origin of GORUCK, and I'll try to make it the uh, Reader's Digest version. Um, GORUCK was started by a Green Beret. Uh, his name is Jason McCarthy. He came up with the idea to build, like, the best backpack ever. He wanted it to be... Um, very functional, very tough, and American-made. So he kind of sketched out a, a little um, rough drawing on a napkin. And uh, when he separated from the military, he started working on being an entrepreneur. And he basically built the GORUCK backpack. And then to prove that it was the best backpack ever, he came up with the GORUCK challenge. And this was... Probably, I'm, I'm not exactly sure on the dates. I want to say it was 2008, maybe, when they f- they first came up with the Go Rock Challenge. So there wasn't a lot of information out there. There, Nobody knew really what it was. So people just signed up and showed up. And from what I understand, it was pretty arduous. It was They didn't tell anybody exactly what they were going to be doing. They didn't give a time frame. They just said, pack this stuff and show up and... Then they proceeded to uh, smoke everybody at the the event. Um, fast forward years later, uh, now they have um, multiple levels of the event. So there's what's called the Go Ruck Light, which is um, roughly about four to five hours. You cover about seven to ten miles, and they like to say there's a hundred percent pass rate. I'm going to tell you, there's no, it's not always 100% pass rate, but we'll get into that later. Um, they have the Tough, which used to be called the Challenge, but they changed it. And it's uh, about 10 to 12 hours, about 15 to 20 miles, and it has a 94% pass rate. Then they have the Heavy. Heavy is 24 plus hours, about a 50% pass rate, and you cover 40 plus miles. So what uh, like what all is in the backpack? Like what all are you carrying with you? How much do these weigh? Uh, GORUCK has a, a packing list on their website, and they they tell you um, depending on what level of uh, um, event you're doing. So like a light, if you're uh, under 150 pounds, you carry 10 pounds of weight in your ruck. Uh, if you're over 150, you carry 20. And then with the tough and the heavy, if you're under 150 pounds, it's uh, 20 pounds. If you're over, it's 30 pounds. Uh, in addition to that, you've got to have a hydration source. So you've got to have a water bladder. Um, you've got to have a, a Nalgene in case uh, you start getting really dehydrated and they've got to give you electrolytes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have a headlamp uh, and extra batteries for the headlamp. Um, and then, you know, in addition to that, you're going to want like a dry bag or a Pelican case to keep your wallet or your cell phone dry because 
uh, all too often, you're going to end up in a body of water or you're going to be going through a fountain or something. You don't want your cell phone to die. You don't want to lose your car keys. You don't want to, you want your soggy wallet. So there's that. And then you can have whatever comfort items you want. So, you know, we call them lickies and chewies, you know, any kind of food, um, change of socks, uh, um, the big thing, and I should buy stock in this, is it's called Body Glide. It's an anti-chafing, um, almost like deodorant kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and then usually like a couple of carabiners in case you need that for carrying weights and whatnot. Um, and then like a windbreaker or something to insulate you from the elements because it doesn't matter if it's raining, it's shining, it's snowing. If, uh, as long as, uh, the national guard isn't there keeping martial law, uh, the go rucks doing an event. So it doesn't matter what the weather is. You're out there. What, uh, like, is there like any, you know, regulation as far as, you know, what you're wearing, like your footwear and everything? Um, that is like the running joke within the go ruck community. Uh, uh, go ruck, uh, people, we refer to ourselves as GRTs, go ruck tough. Um, but there's also another name we go by is, uh, weirdos because if you're walking around or, well, if you're driving around in a city and you see a bunch of 40 people in backpacks that kind of look like they're paramilitary, you're like, what are those weirdos doing? Yeah. Um, so the weirdos, uh, really like to, um, the big discussion is what, what do you wear? Uh, what, what shoes do I wear? What boots do I wear? And, uh, it was explained to me best by one of the Gorak cadre. He said, it's shooter's choice. You, you got to find out what works for you. So for a Gorak light, they usually recommend tennis shoes. For a tough, you can do tennis shoes or trail shoes if that works for you. Me personally, I like to use boots. So uh, I wear boots for all my events now because I like the ankle support and um, the first uh, light I did in Detroit, they ended up uh, making us um, crab walk through a fountain over by the river, and then they had us bear crawl back through the fountain. And by the time I was all done, my shoes were soggy, and I had worn out like the back lip part there, and it was like rubbing on my heel. Mm-hmm. So I was like, nope, never doing, never doing tennis shoes again. What kind of boots are you using? Uh, I use um, Rocky's uh, C4Ts, uh, which are discontinued. They're it's almost like a jungle boot style. Mm-hmm. They have drainage holes on the inside so that if you get water in them, it can drain out, and then you're not like walking in a waterbed. Um, I also have a pair of Rocky's SV2s, I believe. Those are the ones I use for winter time. I just just got to use those for uh, a tough and a light back to back in Columbus. And they worked out real well. And you've done like 20 of these events now, right? Um, I've done, to date, 16 total events. And I'm signed up for, uh, I think it's 19 for this year with, I already got two down. That's crazy, man. It's like you got several each month. Um, it's like being in the National Guard. I, I, like, I got to do two events every uh, every month, one weekend a month for the rest of the year. Um, but it's just funny because it's just grown exponentially. I started out, I only did two events my first year, then I did five events my second year, then my third year, I think I did seven events, but I got sick and 
that I couldn't do as many as I wanted to do. Uh, so then this year they were, they were running the sale and I drank the Kool-Aid and I bought up every event that they were doing in Michigan. So do you travel outside of Michigan or do you pretty much keep it all local? Um, I, I've, I've traveled a little bit. Um, I, I, I live in Toledo, so it's, it's right there by the Michigan Ohio border. Uh, so I've been up to Ann Arbor to do an event. I've done Detroit. I've gone over to Cleveland, Columbus, as far as Traverse city. And then I even did, um, one event in Indiana, um, which was, a uh, go Rucks firearms training an event in, in addition to their, um, endurance events, they do firearms training and they do, um, survival training and stuff like that. So, um, it's more than just endurance events, but endurance events are what hooked me so what's like the like if you can look back over the 16 that you've done so far was there like one that stood out as being the most mentally and physically just draining oh yes oh uh walk me through that one in detail man i'm curious okay so it was veterans day um trying to think i think that was 16 uh yeah, that was that was uh, Veterans Day last year. Yes, no, not last year. That was seventeen. So yeah, it was sixteen um, November, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, I, and it was about it was it was cold. It was real cold. I hate the cold. Uh, you know, living in Ohio, working in Michigan, uh, you think I get used to the cold, but uh, it doesn't matter how used to it you never all the way used to it so um the start time for that it was a tough uh the start time was nine o'clock at night they wanted to just meet at this park um near pretty much where all the hospitals are in ann arbor because you've got the va you've got university of michigan health system so there's tons of hospitals and and things in in ann arbor and we're in this big park and uh, I remember looking at the the event page on Facebook, and I just couldn't believe how many people were showing up. And we had something like 118 participants show up, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, somewhat unusual because normally when I would do an event in Detroit, you know, we'd get 60, 70, maybe 80. Um, but for uh, close to 120 people to show up, that's pretty awesome. Uh, we had three cadre, uh, cadre are the instructors. So when GORUCK sends us out on these endurance events, they send out, um, someone from the military who is, or, um, served as a, a special operator in some capacity. So we're talking Navy SEALs, um, um, Marine Recon, Army Rangers, uh, Green Berets, Army Special Forces, uh, uh, Navy Corpsmen, uh, who are attached to the SEALs. Uh, I think there's a couple of uh, Air Force Comp Controllers, um, maybe a PJ. I, I Don't quote me on that one. I'm not sure. I haven't had any cadre who were Air Force yet, but uh, I have had Navy SEALs and Rangers and um, Marine Recon. 
So our our three cadre for that night was uh, um, cadre Michael, who was who who is um, attached to Marine Recon. Uh, then it was um, um, B squared Brian squared. He uh, I can't right remember what he was. I want to say he was a Marine Recon guy as well. Um, he was he's kind of he had the um, notoriety as being the toughest cadre in Goruck. Really? So yeah, we already knew we were in for a smoke fest there. And then um, the third person was Cadre Rooney, who is a, uh, an Army Ranger, and little did I know would become actually one of my best friends because I ended up coaching him on how to get into keto later. Very cool, man. Yeah, so um, we show up to this event. It's a big open field, you know, just park, and... It's always funny at these events because you're all standing around, you're milling, you're checking your gear, you're nervous. You know what's what's it going to be like? It's always like the cadre come out of left field, like they just they just know how to sneak up on everybody. And uh, I remember cadre Michael just starts starts uh, yelling for us to get in formation because it always starts out um, the welcome party is usually a gear check and then um, a lot of PT. So I think the first thing they had us do is put our rucks down. Um, and there was a, um, a parking garage, like directly in front of us. And he says, all right, I want everybody up on, I want you to get up to the top of that parking garage and back down here. And I think it was something like six minutes. So the entire class just starts booking it. And we, we run up the, the fire, um, steps on the one side, and then I guess somebody had the foresight to run up the other side or something and open up the, the door so that we could all go across the roof, and then we're booking it across the roof to the opposite fire um, stairwell and then back down and then um, back to where he wanted us to form up. And then it just it was it started out as a smoke fest. There was um, duck walks and bear crawls, um, low crawls, it's one of those things where if somebody messes up, the whole team suffers for it because mm-hmm. a go rock event is, um, it's not an individual event. You you're there to work as a team. There's only one event where you work as an individual and that's selection. Uh, we can get into that later, but, um, when you, you show up to these events, you got to be prepared to work with your team. There is no, you're not going to be captain America and show up in here and, and, and you know, kind of lead the way and be the rock star that carries everyone else through it. It's everybody working together is what's going to get the job done. Um, so, you know, anytime somebody's you know butts up in the air uh, during a push up, if your knees are touching the ground during a bear crawl, uh, guess what? Go back, do it again, do it right. I like it, man. I like, I'm the, these, these sound these sound pretty inter- interesting. I'm, I'm curious to try one now uh i think i mean if you if you had to ask me because i've i've i i loved your interview with marcus aurelius anderson uh, i think he's an awesome fellow i think a go ruck event is um really the embodiment of stoicism because uh you are going out there and getting comfortable being uncomfortable 
you're embracing the suck you're doing that thing you don't want to do so you get better at it mm-hmm. and uh that's that's really what these events are about because uh there's nowhere else i really know of where you can go out and test your leadership skills and use it to learn without having some negative repercussions if i if i go into work and I try to be the team lead, and I screw something up. I could potentially end my career. But if I go out on a go ruck event, and you know the cadre is calling for a team leader and an assistant team leader, uh, and I volunteer, this is my opportunity to go out there and fail and learn from it, and become a better person from it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I don't know. Like I like the idea of no one individual wins; they all help each other. Because I mean, like. With, with bodybuilding, like I love bodybuilding, it's an individual sport, but it's like a constant push to like be better than myself and better than myself, and I'm just always against me. But it would be cool to like separate from that for a moment and like focus on helping somebody else be their better self, you know? Oh, it, it's it's amazing because um, there's a lot of terminology. So if you, you hear something that I don't. Uh, that isn't quite clear to you. Uh, feel free to speak up. But um, we have a term called gray manning, and that is where um, when you're in the middle of an event, you know, ten hours in, it's pitch black out. You've been carrying your ruck. You've been carrying the team weight um, that the um, that you're supposed to bring, or the weighted American flag that we carry out in front of us, or um, the cadre have brought what they call coupons, which is just extra weighted items that really suck to carry and they're cumbersome, but you got to carry it anyway. Cause he said, so, um, people, you know, start to, they start to shut down. They start to go inside themselves. They start that negative talk or, you know, they just, eh, I've been carrying that thing for 10 hours. I don't want to carry it anymore. And they just, so they, they like carry it for five minutes and then uh, they call for a switch and then they go to the back of the line. Um, that's that's when if, if as a teammate if you're standing next to that person you know you're digging in your ruck and you're looking for that you know little be, a little bit of beef jerky or one of the snacks they like to take is uh chocolate covered espresso beans that little bit of food you know can so, suddenly snap someone right out of it it can be it goes from you know this sucks to all right we got this yeah uh, you know, you look to your left, you look to your right. It's it's those people next to you. It's not about you. It's about your team and how you guys can get through this together. It, it's so it's so cool, man. Like to to do something, especially with other people that you have camaraderie with, and and nobody else like would do that. Like I went to we were we were duck hunting one time down at the farm. Family got a family farm down south, and it was like December right and. Um, we went like two miles down river, and then our our outboard motor quit on us, and you know, the river was up, so we had to basically bring this boat back up river. So I jumped in in December, <laughs> fully clothed, and I'm like holding on to the the boat, and then like pulling vines that are hanging off the side of the bank for two miles up river, and like everybody's on the boat, you know, helping. And then we have to like, you know, run another six miles back to the cabin. It was just. Uh, <laughs> It was it was brutally cold. It was just miserable. I, mean, I had blisters because I didn't prepare for any of this stuff, you know. Um, oh yeah. And it's just it's just cool. Like the I was smiling the whole time because it's like man, nobody else would be doing this. Nobody else. I mean, this would be just 
you know, debilitating for people, but I love it because it's just hard. You know, I love the hard things. Yeah, my brother, uh, he used to sail boats out on Lake Erie. He, he'd tell me that he liked to, there's a race called the Trans Erie. So you get in your sailboat and you sail from one side of the Great Lakes to the other. And he, he loved it because it's like, how many people do that? Mm-hmm. You know, or he, he'd be out there in, in October when the, the waves are up and it's raining sideways and he'd be at the front of the boat just yelling to his friends, we're doing something. Yeah, so that, that's cool, man. Like people, they don't want to be uncomfortable and they don't want to feel unsafe. But mm-hmm. that's, that's when like you feel alive, like when, when you're out of your comfort zone, when, when your safety is at risk, you know, like that's, that's when I light up. Well, and I mean, uh, to some degree, uh, you, you know, you're never 100% safe. But on a go ruck event, um, safety is the priority. But at the same time, uh, you know, you got to sometimes you got to do you got to push it, you got to push it. And that's that's what we're trying to do with those. But I get it. That adrenaline's pumping. Uh, you feel alive. And uh it's just that it's that shared experience it's that you we've been through something kind of feeling yeah absolutely so so what happens when people like if, if somebody decides not to you know finish it what what happens then like do they just stop running well that's um <coughs> well one of the things i i neglected to uh, mention was when you when you sign up for an event one of the things on the packing list is you're supposed to bring $20 in cash that's your quitters cash so if you you know, in the middle of the event, you decide this isn't for me anymore. You know, Kadri gets on their cell phone, calls you a taxi, and you go back to your car. Gotcha. So any moment you could be quitting. Is that like a, I don't know, like, is there like a negative stigma there? Anybody just not wanting to do it? Uh, People kind of shame them or something? No, no, I, I, not really, because it is a team event. And it's just, there's some people, it's just not their night. You know, they didn't. They didn't get much sleep the night before because they're so nervous or, you know, they worked all day before they came out the event. Um, so, you know, half the time we don't even realize people quit. Um, during the event I was telling you about in Ann Arbor, Veterans Day, we started with like that 118, 120. We ended with something like 78. We had that many quitters. So what 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 happened? Um, like we, we, we kind of... Got, got off track. We hey, What else happened with that with that event? Okay, so in in Go Ruck, there there there's a formula almost. There's a welcome party, which is what the cadre were putting us through. Um, they did the safety brief. Um, they did a gear check, and half of the the reason for the gear check is so they can find something that you forgot to bring or you didn't think you needed to bring, even though it was on the packing list. So they got another excuse to smoke you more. Um, so they did the gear check and then they split us into three groups. Each cadre had their own group and then they put us through their own kind of physical exercise thing. And and so we would rotate and, and this group would do this. And then with this cadre, another group would do this and so on and so forth. And then after the welcome party was over, um, they introduced this one guy. I don't even know who he was. Um, but apparently he had cut down some some logs locally and uh, stripped all the bark off of them and brought them out to the event for us to carry. 
Um, and these are huge logs, huge. I, 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 I have no idea what the weight of them was, but I want to say four to 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, um, Kadri Michael goes, these are your boats. You're now going to be separated into boat crews and we've got to move these boats, uh, X distance in this amount of time. And it just so happened I was lucky, I guess is the term. Uh, we were chosen to move the logs first. So one group was moving the logs. Another group was going with Cadre B squared and another group was going with Cadre Rooney and they were all doing their separate thing. Um, and we had to carry, uh, it had to be, I think it was three or four logs. Um, there's so many miles away, you know, at a certain point you don't know what the distance is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, you just know that it's, it's rough. You're under that log. That log is unforgiving, uh, or, or gravity is unforgiving. You know, you're, it's always pulling on you 9.8 meters per second squared. So, uh, how many people care that, were per, per log? Um, well, <coughs> that's where it got, got a little iffy too, because, um, I think when I first started that, that evolution, we had probably like seven or eight people on that log. Um, and then as, uh, as we continued down the road, you know, people started quitting on us. So that log was even harder. To oh, man. And then we were dropping the logs and Cadre is yelling at us. And then finally we get to a point where he's like, all right, see this parking lot, get your logs over there, get them down. And then get over in that grass and get in the front lean rest position. Front lean rest is, you know, the push-up position. And then um, I think from there he he proceeded to smoke us for dropping his boats. Yeah. Um. So we're crawling through uh, uh, frozen grass in November. Uh, you know, it's it's like cutting you. And you and, and I mean, this is your everyday grass, like your front lawn, but. In November in Michigan, with the frost, it's it's unforgiving. So we're crawling through that, uh, trying to make up for dropping his boats. And then he's, he takes us back to the start point so he can trade us off with another cadre. Um, so the nice, well, not so nice thing about that event was you get done um, with, with one cadre you stood there and you waited for the other cadre to come back with their groups. So we got back to the, the field and then, well, Rooney's not back yet. So we got to wait for them. So we, you just see uh, a group of us standing in a big penguin huddle to, uh, close together, trying to stay warm because the wind's blowing and it's like freezing the sweat in your pores. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, heat you up, cool you down, heat you up, cool you down. It's like a gas station burrito by the end of it. I was, yeah, it's cold on the outside. It's warm on the inside. But what, um, what, what was the the next rotation? Uh, then we then my team went to Cadre Rooney, who uh, um, he assigned a team leader and wanted us to navigate to uh, a park nearby. And um, my my one friend, who I think ended up being the navigator, led us to the wrong park. So another smoke fest inf- ensued. Um, and I think Rooney kind of went over doing fireman's carries with us. And so sometimes they'll, they'll teach a skill. Um, fireman's carry was the skill that Rooney decided to go with on that day. Um, so we're 
there we found a hill in a park that wasn't supposed to be our park and we're firemen's carrying each other up and down the hill so that we could learn that skill um he sometimes what the cadre will do at that time too is they'll kind of uh take a time uh, uh, a little bit of time to tell us about you know stories in their service so uh, rooney got to tell us about going through ranger school um and all the crazy stuff that ensues um and then he took us back to back to the field to trade us off with them to be squared but um we ended up Oh, he also taught us tourniquets with um, uh, with whatever we could find. So on the way back to the field, uh, every once in a while, uh, cadre will start mixing things up. If they see that you're doing well, well, all right, time to increase the stress and see how they do. So we were going across a bridge in Ann Arbor, and he goes, oh, this part of the team just took an IED blast. You guys got to put tourniquets on and start buddy carrying them back to the start point. That was pretty cool. So, I like the unexpectedness of it all. Yeah. So we got to, we got to pull their rucks off. We got to put, you know, makeshift tourniquets on them. We got to start carrying them. And I mean, you know, we were pretty smoked. I, I mean, I could feel my legs cramping up when we were walking to the wrong park. Mm-hmm. So the idea of, taking and carrying someone else's ruck or carrying someone else was miserable. But, uh, we were so late that, uh, at one point Rooney made us, um, uh, I think it was bear crawl really slow through an alley that was near the start point. And there's, uh, I think there's a video of it up on Facebook and the, the go ruck tough page. But, uh, uh, we were just we were going slow and uh you know you 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 mess up you got to pay the man and that was that was what we had to do to make up for uh being slow and and not pushing through um you ever see like anybody just like totally break down like never having done anything demanding like this they just totally break down in front of you um i remember there's been events where i've seen people quit 10 minutes in Really? Yeah, I've seen that. Um, there's, I mean, other times I'll, I'll see it where you, they might try to do a heavy and a tough and a light back to back to back. So, you know, your heavy people come limping in when you're fresh, getting ready for a tough. And then at the last second, they're like, yeah, I'm just going to withdraw. I don't, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I've never seen anybody just completely lose it, so to speak. But I mean, the, you're you're under stress, so I see people lose their temper all the time. Um, I saw two girls in Cleveland one time get in an argument, um, which it turned out later was uh, my chapter president for um, Team RWB, which is a, a volunteer organization that I'm actually a rucking coordinator with here in Toledo. Oh man! Uh, yeah, she was she was arguing with another girl who about a sandbag that they were carrying or something like that during a light. Um, I, the last, uh, event I did in Columbus, uh, during the tough, we had a guy who, I think he was probably in his early to late fifties. And like, we were going through the welcome party and he like walked up the cadre and he's kind of like, I don't think I can do this. And then the cadre kind of gave him a little pep talk and then he got back in and at, in into the the mix and ended up 
uh, finishing the event with us. So we're, cool. you know, we're not trying to get quitters, but you know, some people it's just not their night. Have you ever done like any of the other, like, um, well, it's not really even a, a, a race, but have you done like any of the Spartan races or tough mudders or anything like that? Um, I did a warrior dash up in Flint, uh, when I was going through PTA school and, um, you know, it's the, uh, people tell me that I need to do like a Spartan and I probably will at some point, but it's just not something I'm real interested in because after that warrior dash, um, I trained up for it and I did it. And then I, you know, I got a, a, a little metal and I was washing mud out of places for three days mm-hmm. and I really didn't come away with it with any usable skill yeah whereas with the go ruck event you know you go out there you find out something about your you know how much you can endure how much of a beating you can take or if you uh, take on that team leader role you learn something about leadership you you know i've had cadre teach us how to do tourniquets uh i've learned uh, basic lamb nav i've learned um water navigation uh different survival techniques you know I, I come away with some kind of usable skill that i can either apply in a, an emergency situation or i can apply it to my everyday life as a, in a leadership role or from a managerial role that's pretty cool man like i really like i don't like i like all my friends are in the military so they're always doing these cool you know, training things and whatnot. It's like that. That's a pretty cool opportunity to be able to like offer that to the public, in like a way that's you know, hitting on all cylinders with regard to you know leadership and just physical fitness and just teamwork. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's it's kind of funny because uh, I do Pathfinder training, which is a a a program that was developed by um, a group of people called Team Spearhead. And we were talking in one of our Facebook groups one day, and it was like, man, do you guys ever get depressed after you get done with a with an event? And like everyone's like, yeah, we always do. I mean, you had this really good team, and you really came together, and you were able to accomplish awesome stuff. And then one of the guys who was, you know, he's he was in the military. He's like, wow, you guys get depressed after you get done doing events? You know, like somebody who gets depressed after they leave the military Mm -hmm. so i mean i I don't want to i don't want to belittle anybody's service i'm i'm very i'm a very grateful american um but there is a parallel in there somewhere where after you leave the military you're used to working with motivated individuals um as a team you have a purpose you know when we get done with a go rock event we were a team we had uh, a sort of a purpose and we were working together and then you lose that. Um, so it, it really gives you a, a taste, maybe not even a taste, but, uh, um, just an, a little bit of an idea of what our service members go through, um, when they start their service and when they end their service. Cause there's a lot of trepidation when you start basic training from what I understand. And then there's that kind of depression that, you get when you leave the military and you don't really know what to do with the rest of your life. That's pretty cool, man. I'm going to I'm gonna have to go on the go. So I'll just go to goruck.com and then I can sign up for an event. Yeah, they've got a, they've got a, a map that, um, you can look, uh, in your area, what events are going on. Uh, you know, it's, 
the, they got all the information, all the packing lists. Um, they sell <coughs> gear, you know, they have got go ruck backpacks that are, um, warranted for, for life. As long as you own that ruck, um, as long as you don't shoot it, stab it, set it on fire, uh, they'll, you can send it into them and they'll repair it or, or if need be replace it. Um, and, and keep it going for as long as, as you, you can move it. Yeah. That's awesome. What, what um, do you do from like a training perspective? Like if someone wanted to prepare for, you know, a go ruck event, what would be the ideal style of training? Um, really the biggest thing is, uh, I, I find that you got to train like you're going to be going to the actual event. So, um, Another group I'm involved with is um, F3 Toledo. Um, F3 is kind of a, a fitness faith uh, fellowship organization. They just try to um, get guys together outdoors and do free workouts. And it's, it's led by um, one of the peers of the group. And we do a lot of rucking within F3. So um, my, my F3 guys right now are just getting ready to do a go ruck event here in Toledo. That's a custom event. And most of them are just used to putting like the 30 pound, 30 pound plate in their backpack and just going walking around and, and BSing, you know, with us and, and telling jokes and, and the usual thing. Um, one day I told them, all right, listen, load up your rucks like you're going to go to the event because yeah, you usually do your 30 pound plate, maybe some water, but you're not used to carrying all that other gear. So the big thing is getting the time under the ruck with the actual gear Mm-hmm. and and knowing how your body's going to respond to it. Because if you've never put on uh, a fully loaded-out ruck and then you go out there, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, you're, I can imagine. I mean, that's yeah, that, that's a lot more than just your body weight there. Right. Um, so, you know, the big thing is you doing going out there, getting the miles in, but also, you know, doing PT with your ruck on, do some some squats, do some back squats, do some front squats, do some overhead squats, uh, do overhead ruck holds. Uh, I remember during that Veterans Day um, event that I hated so much that, but loved at the same time, there was one guy who couldn't hold his ruck over his head for a minute. You know, So if you can't hold that, um, the rest of the event's not going to be too fun for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what what about a uh, what about nutrition? Like what do you, what do you do? Like what what do you bring with you? What do other people bring with them? Oh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, other people. I I only know a couple of keto GRTs, and I've never done a event with them yet. So, um, me personally, I pack um, usually um, like I'll take exogenous ketones because you know that's going to have high potassium, high sodium. So if I get to a point where I'm really starting to cramp up or something, I'll I'll mix it up in my Nalgene, or I'll get the the Keygenics has that like mouth spray exogenous ketones. Um, so if I start feeling like mudheaded, you know my brain starts getting foggy, you know a couple of squirts of that, and that might be enough to kick me out of near gray manning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Eating Evolved has these awesome um, coconut butter cups. If you ever had those. It's called um, Eating Evolved is the brand? Evolved Eating, I think, is the name of them. I'll check uh, them out. I've never heard of them. Yeah, they they got some sweet 
um, coconut butter cups. Um, oh, it's, yeah, it's Eating Evolved. It's dark chocolate coconut butter cups. And they, they make them in a couple of different flavors, and they're they're pretty good. Um, they got a fair amount of um, carbs in them, but I imagine when you know when you get that high heart rate and you're burning carbs. Sometimes you got to replace it a little bit. So I don't feel too bad if, if I'm at hour 10 of a tough mm-hmm. and I eat two dark chocolate coconut butter cups because I know I'm not going to k- kick myself out of ketosis at that point. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, usually I, I enter these events fasted just because I, I just I move better. I perform better when I'm fasted and I just I mostly just down water through the, the whole event. How long do you fast prior to the event starting? Um, probably from dinner the night before or, um, uh, uh, sometimes, uh, like, uh, uh, every now and then I'll have like a breakfast. I, I only, I'm, I'm one of those ones that only eats one meal a day. Yeah. Uh, it seems to work real well for me. So like I usually just eat dinner. So if I'm going to be doing an event, um, I'll, I'll just fast, um, from, dinner the day before uh all the way through the event if i need to um, so like even on the on the like the 24 plus hour events oh uh well i haven't done a heavy yet that's that's uh something i'm gonna tackle this this summer i'm gonna do my first heavy and i'm a, it's actually gonna be um an htl a heavy tough light so i'm gonna try to earn earn my htl patch and try to do all three back to back to back that'd be intense man uh, it's forty six hours, roughly, of suffering. So when 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 does that start? Like, is it on the calendar already? Oh uh, yeah, I've I've got all my my events planned out for the year. So this is the the Detroit nine eleven HTL. So GORUCK also does themed events. So like they do the special memorial events for like the nine eleven um, tragedy. Uh, they they do one commemorating the Mogadishu Mile, uh, which was the a battle in Somalia during Gothic Serpent. Um, that's the one that's based on the the movie Black Hawk Down is based on that event. Gotcha. Um, they do special ones for Veterans Day. For um, a couple of new ones this year is Operation Red Wings, which I believe that was the. Um, the operation that Marcus Luttrell's book is Lone Survivors based on. Well, not based on. It's a, it's a, a telling of. Mm-hmm. So you know the it's it's going to be a, a a serious event. Um, probably going to be a lot of stairs uh, because most of the time when I see something about one of the nine eleven events, um, the cadre talk about all the stairs the first responders had to climb to help get people out of the the towers. Um, so. This is cool, um, man. Like I, I, I'm getting excited now because I've been looking for something, you know, apart from just just the the normal training I'm doing, just something to mix it up. Um, yeah. That's kind of like more team oriented. So th- this this might be fitting the ticket perfectly. Oh, I think it'd be perfect for you, man. I, I tried to I tried to uh, rope um, Brian Williamson in, but uh, he wasn't biting. He wasn't biting. He wasn't biting. He, he, I think he's too busy with KetoCon, so he's just like whatever, man. No worries. Well, they, they got, I mean, I guess it's growing pretty rapidly. I mean, they, they got them all over the place now, right? Oh, I'm, it, it's, it, it grows exponentially every year because, you know, it just gets around word of mouth and um, it's that shared experience. You know, you, you, the people that I've done GORUCK events with, 
um, are, are the same people I see keep showing up and up over and over and over again. And I know they're good people and I can really depend on them if I was ever in a bind. Um, I had one friend, his name, um, Rob Wheeler. Uh, I, I, I was, I did, I've done 13 events with him probably, maybe 12. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, um, I, I, I put it out there as like, Hey, I'm going to go do the Patriot rock up in Detroit. Who wants to come? And nobody would go with me. Um, but Rob's just like, Oh, I'll do it. And him and I put on our team RWB shirts and we pretty much jogged the entire six miles of the Patriot rock. Um, and we were the first civilians to get past the cross, the finish line. Very cool, man. Yeah. So you just meet these great people. You have a great time. You learn some great things. And I just can't say enough nice things about the organization. Um, you know, the, the events that I did up in Traverse city were some amazing events. And I got to see some amazing landscape where I learned water survival and how to deal with hypothermia firsthand because we had some people that were starting to show signs of it. So we had to, we had to address that right away. And, and, uh, the go ruck cadre were very professional. And, you know, when they saw that our safety was in jeopardy, they said, okay, we need to, we need to pause and come back in the morning when we can keep an eye on all you guys and uh, ensure your safety. So, I mean, you just can't find a higher caliber event um, to build leadership and build um, a team. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out, man. As soon as this podcast is over, I'm gonna be going to GoRuck.com and, and seeing if I got any near me. Um, I mean, and it's, there's, it's so diverse. I mean, if, if doing uh, an event, you know, one of the challenges, the endurance challenges, isn't your thing. They've got, um, the survival events. I did one up in Detroit. It's called constellation and it teaches you different things about urban survival, you know, how to, how to, you know, escape and evade, um, people pursuing you or how to, um, build a gas mask out of a two liter duct tape and a dust mask. Um, so it's which, not, it's not all, it's all through the go ruck organization, but it's all, you know, based off a of different kind of genres based off of what you would prefer to do. Yeah. I mean, you, you can, you can do something like that. If those things aren't interesting you, maybe you're a firearms guy. I mean, all these guys know how to manipulate uh, a firearm, uh, better than, um, you know, their own hands. So, uh, they, they do firearms training from the very basic to very advanced. The, I, I even listened to another podcast where one of the cadre was talking about how they have a separate list of events that they use just for training, um, law enforcement. Very cool. Very cool. <coughs> what, uh, what, so what, what's your next event? What do you have coming up next? Uh, my next one, uh, is it's the custom event here in Toledo. It's the grow ruck. It's a special leadership oriented, um, event for just F three guys in the area. Um, so that's going to be, uh, it's a tough, it's going to start at six o'clock at night and it's probably going to go, I'm, I imagine longer than six o'clock in the morning. That's exciting, man. This is cool, man. You, you got me. You got me. You got me ready to go. I want to just jump on now and dive into it. Oh man, I'd I'd love to have you on my team. So how does the team work? You just kind of like 
pick your own team or has, I mean has that happened? Uh no, is whoever shows up to the event is the team. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'll, I'll see if I can make my way up to your neck of the woods and make it happen, man. Um I, me you make it up here or I make it I make it down there either way. I mean, I I got no qualms about traveling. It's just right now my budget is max for the year doing 19 events. So, yeah. That would that would be a, that'd be a next year thing. Well, we'll get a we'll get a keto we'll get a keto force team going. Well, what I need is I need a I need a pile of those keto bricks, man. I, they're sold out 45 minutes after you announced them. I know, man. Hey, I'll send you one for that uh, that uh, back to back to back triple heavy tough <laughs> flight, and we'll, we'll just go with it, man. See how it see how it puts up to the challenge. Uh, I have no doubt that's going to keep me fueled, <laughs> especially if you're used to fasting the whole time. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I looked at it and I just saw that that's that's perfect. It's a thousand calories. Because there's, there's this magical part during a go-ruck where the cadre give you a little break. You sit down there. Um, I remember on my first tough, uh, we were in Detroit. We are over by the Renaissance building, which is like the, the big um, building right there by the river that everyone kind of knows um, is trademark of Detroit. And you got this the, the, the Renaissance Center shining in, in the background. We just got done uh, low crawling down a hill covered in dirt in the country like all right just take a break and you're all sitting around and you're sharing your food and it's just quiet and you're looking up at the stars what stars you can see in the city and uh, everyone you just hear everyone chewing and uh just breathing and it's just a, a beautiful moment where you know you're coming together as a team because people are sharing food and you know uh joking around and changing their socks and uh, you just know at that point you're you're a cohesive team. That's awesome, man. I I love I love the idea of having something so you know team oriented, and just like the the camaraderie you get with the other people that are doing just hard shit together. Like that alone is just freaking cool. Well, and then it's it's funny because then it, it starts become it became a joke on the the Go Rock Tough page where um, if you're going through an airport and you see someone with a Go Rock bag on. You look for the patch, and then you you try to take a picture of them, and then you post it on the page, and they joke about uh, it's a GRT in the wild. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm have to get me one of these bags, man, so I can try and assimilate. Oh, it's I mean, it, it's the best money I ever spent on a bag, and the problem is once you buy one, then you you start buying more. I've got um almost one of every iteration. They it, they have uh, it goes. The bullet ruck, which is a, a smaller kind of everyday carry ruck. There's an echo, which I don't have. Then you go to the rucker, which is probably your best one for uh, choosing to for your first event because it's uh, it's very minimalist. Uh, it, you can secure your weight in it very well. It, it's a good first event pack. And then you go to the GR1, which was their kind of the the first one they made. And, um, it's a little bit bigger, but you know, when you start doing those longer events, like a tough and heavy, <laughs> you need more, more room for lickies and chewies and extra socks. Um, and then you start going to the GR2, which is strictly like a travel bag. You never use that for an event unless you're crazy. And then, um, then the big boy, the GR3 is their, their latest one that they released back in November. And that thing is huge. You could, you could live out of that thing. You have to have the actual branded go ruck bag to do these or like you ever have people just show up with like a jan sport backpack and <laughs> try and do this thing 
Absolutely. I did my first event with a 511 backpack. And they don't they don't knock you for that at all? No, no, no. They say, you know, they say on the website it's like you can uh you can show up with any kind of backpack, but hey, ours are the best. So, uh, you know, try ours, and, but uh no, you can come yeah, Jansport. I, I think somebody uh, uh, said something one time about how somebody did one with one of those string backpacks that mm-hmm. you see, like, 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 a, there was a joke. It's like, yeah, I think it was a dare. Someone lost a bet, and they had to do that. <laughs> um, this, seen, this is pretty good advertising though for like the actual backpacks, man. Like, if people's other bags don't hold up. You know, everybody's gonna start getting those. Exactly, and I mean, I, I've, I've had uh, two times now. I've had to send my my rucks back to uh go ruck scars get repaired i had a bullet ruck where the um the plate i carry crushed um the button i used to hold my hydration bladder so i sent it back and they had it with back to me within like five days super impressed it didn't cost me anything that's awesome um my second ruck uh it was the one that i'd used probably for the majority of my events uh it's been dunked in in chlorine saturated fountains it's been dragged through the mud it's it's survived everything and and finally uh, the zipper on the pocket broke and that's that's like the the worst thing because the zippers take like three hours for them just to sew into place Mm -hmm. so they assessed the ruck and they said you know we can repair the zipper but then there's a bunch of other damage here so hey, here's what we're gonna do. You, we can either repair it, uh, and it, it might hold up, but it's not to our standard. Or, you know, uh, we'll prorate it and we'll give you so much off a new ruck. And it just so happened the same day they released a new color. So I'm like, all right, I'll take the new ruck. Very cool. That's awesome, man. I have to get me a rucksack too, and just just get all kinds of ready to go rucking. <laughs> right right and i mean it's it's easy anybody can do it and the best part is you just get a couple of friends you don't have to you don't have to be running you don't have to be um carrying heavy stuff you just go out for a walk in uh the park or in your city or in your neighborhood and you know and just be outside you know that's that's the biggest thing nowadays is nobody's outside yeah they're, they're inside looking at their big screen TVs or their, uh, on their, their tablet and, you know, just walk around, enjoy the world. It's going to do wonders for your, your stress as well. Oh yeah. And then, I mean, you can do, you can do fun stuff when you get enough weirdos together. Like you can just fill a cooler and, and, uh, carry that around as a weight or, or something to that extent. I just saw one of the ideas they gave out for the ruck clubs uh, that Go Ruck kind of um, uh, supports was you can fill up a cooler with with you know beer. Not that you know, as a keto person I don't drink beer anymore, <laughs> but um, that was one of the ideas. I'm like, man, if, if I was still drinking, I'd probably do that. But um, you know, just just get outside, be with people, um, and and just enjoy moving around. Yeah, just there's a lot to be said for that, man. Like that, that that's definitely does not need to go understated. I mean, you have to be in a gym. You don't have to be doing anything out of fancy training or protocol. Just get out there and burn some calories, moving around and enjoying good good company. Uh, yeah, I mean, people who've done CrossFit, you know, they know how to do a kettlebell swing. They know how to do a deadlift. 
Well, guess what? A ruck is just a kettlebell that is a little bit softer uh, and a little more awkward to, to swing. So you can do ruck swings. You can do overhead presses. You can you, you can do push-ups with the ruck on. You can take the ruck off. You can do sit-ups. Uh, your imagination is your limit. And so start thinking outside the box and, and move. Shoot, yeah, man. Absolutely. Very cool, very cool. Where, where can people go to find out more about you, man, and your next race and next event, rather, and uh, uh, get involved? Well, I'm I'm not a big guy in the Twitters uh, or the Instagram. I, I I don't know if I'm getting old or what. I don't understand Instagram. Uh, Twitter just seems like Facebook without the without as much ability to write anything. So I stay away from Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm a little choosy when it comes to friend requests on Facebook. So, I mean, but I, I run the Toledo RWB rocking club. So if you're, uh, you know, in the Toledo, Toledo, Ohio area or Southeast Michigan, Northwest Ohio, and you're looking to get out and do some rocking, uh, you can, um, sign on with team RWB. We're a great volunteer organization that just, want to help veterans uh, enrich their lives through social and physical activities. Uh, I'm also involved with um, F3 Toledo. Uh, you can go to F3Toledo.com and look up uh, you know, when we're going to have one of our workouts and come out and get some miles onto the ruck t- together. Um, other than that, uh, I-, I did do two podcasts um, for all day ruck off which is kind of the the um the voice of the rucking community uh so if you want to hear more stories about some events i've done i told them about the traverse city event which was called beach beta uh so there's an episode on that and then there's an episode on the um lake erie put in bay tough which was a custom event we did um near Putin Bay, which is kind of like a, it's an island in Lake Erie that basically is, um, nothing but bars, uh, bars, bars, uh, you know, uh, so it's like, a, they, they call it the key West of, the, of, uh, the great lakes. Um, but we were commemorating the battle of Lake Erie, um, in 1812 during, during the war of 1812, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was a very unique event and, um, I, I I go into much detail about that, but it was it was a fun event, really fun. Very cool, man. And, and what's the name of that podcast? Like the uh, All Day Ruck Off. Okay, cool. I'll I'll link out to all those too, so it makes it easy for people to find them. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to send you the link for F three Toledo and then uh, the the um, the rucking page for RWB. Very cool, very cool. Well, sweet man, Corey, it's 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 been a pleasure, dude. I, I'm you've got my interest peaked for sure i'm gonna dive into the go ruck events now and see if i can find out one of my near 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 me and uh just jump into it full tilt heck yeah we'll do one together and then we can have a whole whole uh podcast about what we went through hey man i'm all about that i, I like i like forcing hardship upon myself it gives me greater perspective well and then you you gotta you gotta loop a couple of friends into it just so that they can they can uh constantly razz you about that. Oh, remember that time Robert signed me up for that crazy thing that we did yeah exactly exactly just have make stories man making stories that's that's the thing is um you know my job nowadays is i'm a i'm a whole health physical therapist assistant so I drive around to people's houses and I do rehab on them 
And, you know, sometimes it's just hard to carry a conversation for some with somebody who's been, you know, stuck in their house and they're inside their head kind of gray manning. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I tell them about my adventures, they kind of perk up a little bit and, and, you know, yeah, they're, they're in awe of me and I appreciate that they, that, um, they can kind of, um, look to me for inspiration, but more or less, it's just, if they get something new, um, to look forward to a story that I can tell, um, you know, I you know, get people, what crazy thing did you do this week, Corey? Oh, well, you know, me and the F3 guys, we were carrying 80 and 60 pound sandbags around Ottawa Park. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That sounds horrible. I'd never do that. Well, we'll see after we get you walking. Yeah, exactly, man. See, that's something, it's just something that be excited about. Like, there's a lot that goes said for that. I mean, if, if you can have something to be excited about, have something to wake up to and, and look forward to, I mean, you, you're just limitless. Have a, have a story to tell. You know, you, you, it's everybody's got a story to tell and it shouldn't shouldn't be just getting in your car driving to work working all day coming home and sitting in front of your tv you know get out there and have you know do something as my brother would say get out there do something have a story to tell and and add add to the narrative of your life yeah absolutely absolutely man like um i don't know like when when you were a little kid you know, like it was like your birthday or something. You know, you'd wake up and you'd just be like giddy all day long. Like you'd have like just this excitement just showers over you and you just can't can't contain yourself. And like you'd lose that, you know, you get older, you have responsibilities and like you just get in this humdrum lifestyle. And it's crazy. Like I'll, I'll, I'll take a pulse of myself every morning. I'll wake up and I'll ask myself, you know, like I'll wake up tired sometimes, but then I'll think about what all I've got, what all I've got going on that day. And if there's something I can find excitement in, that I'm ready to rumble, you know? Well, you know, for me, it's, it's, you know, I have one of those bad days at work. Everybody's canceling on me or, uh, I'm running late because I had to send somebody to the hospital or, uh, I'm stuck in traffic, whatever it is. And I'm just having a rough day. But then I remember, you know, you've had, you've, you've been through worse. You, you'll make it through. You'll be fine. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Well, cool deal, Corey. It's uh, we'll definitely have to be in t- keep in touch, man. Because I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna look and see where these are and when they are, and we'll see if we can link up and do one together. Heck yeah! Can't wait. Shoot, champ, and I'll, I'll bring I'll bring bricks for all, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate your time, man. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Robert. See you, buddy.